Guard the Lieutenant Wharf. You step into my regiment, please, and bring a tricorder with you. Hi, Captain. What do you make of that? I am puzzled, sir. The only detectable bioelectric particles are your own. You did not help. I did not. Readier Room, the only and longest-running Star Trek The Next Generation rewatch podcast every week of the calendar year. We're bringing you an episode of TNG, plus several behind-the-scenes stories about that episode. Mm-hmm. My name is Mitchell Mells, Chief Consultant Services at Paramount. With me is my life partner, Brandon Hobbs, ex-head of Resources Management. Brandon, how are you doing today? Mitch, it's uh, good to hear your voice again. It feels like a month since we last recorded. I know, I know. We've we've we we, t- we took a vow of silence for a week. Yeah, you know, um, in to pay respects. Right. Uh, also, a vow of celibacy. Well, that one was a lot easier. <laughs> uh, I was telling you, there's there's a skunk right out, out the window on my side here. What are you gonna uh, name him? Skunk skunkers, chonkin skunkers. I was thinking um, something like Stripe. <laughs> um, but I, I, I want to note, I really enjoy the smell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you it, know, it's sort of... Common wisdom um, says the opposite. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what they call it, common. Right. I'm rare wisdom. That's what I got. <laughs> this is, a, this is a, quite the fortune cookie we got cooking here. Uh, rare wisdom enjoy skunk. <laughs> I studied abroad in China and learned how to live. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. There's something about it. It's like I guess it's an acquired taste, but it's sort of like I enjoy the smell of gasoline too. No, I mean gasoline. I I see what you're going for, but I I do think that they're slightly different flavors. They're definitely diff- different. Um, now I wonder how much I would like it if I was sprayed by a skunk and I could just smell it 24-7. How much you would love it? Yeah. Let me well, tell would you, I get sick of it? Let me tell you, I wouldn't enjoy it very much. <laughs> what are you supposed to do? Take a bath in, like, tomatoes? Um, I think you're supposed to eat tomatoes. And then your pores exude tomato sauce. In, like, a no, weird... I don't have any pores. Weird body horror kind of scenario. <laughs> no, it's tomatoes. No, I um, you know it 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 feels like a long time because it has been about four weeks since we last recorded. Mm. Usually we um try to get all them together so that we can upload them to the Patreon for our usual five week in advance schedule. But right, um, you know when life. Life steps in. Life gets makes, in the way. Life makes fools of us all. Mm-hmm. Right now, I'm a fool. I'm a fool of what's, us all. What's the proverb? What life is? What happens when? Life is what, what happens? happens between episodes of the Readier Room. <laughs> no, not for the ensigns. It's the opposite. They go actually, go back to their pods. <laughs> I mean, that's why they call it a podcast. Is what we broadcast into <laughs> right, right. into their pods. <laughs> um, uh, what's going on, big guy? What what's uh, we got cooking? 
No, I was tell I was regaling you about my joint pain, which is pain yeah, that I yeah. share with another individual. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, other than that, I've had nothing. I've had nothing going on. I just I wake up, I say, "Ow, my neck!" And then I um <laughs> I exist. I I move a quarter of a centimeter, a quartometer, and um. Say, oh, my neck again. And right. that's, that's my life these days. Yeah, I was uh, I was happy I didn't have to hear that for a whole week. Yeah. Well, now you're going to hear, oh, my neck. Oh. Ow. Can you say it? Can you say it like Woody Allen? Oh, my neck. <laughs> Just say it like that every time. Well, I mean, it's easy because of my ancestry. Right. Right. We are... From New we York, both. Uh... <laughs> I uh, been, uh, yeah. you, you got something for me? What do you got? Well, I mean, nothing exciting. I've just been, uh, I've been unfollowing people on Twitter because I'm sick of hearing about student loan discourse. You're right. That is not very exciting. No, that's the most exciting thing that's happened to me. Well, I'm, ha- I'm happy about it. Like, I took out, I don't know, one, two hundred thousand dollars for my son and uh i have a son yeah my my son's education and now i have mm-hmm. to pay it back yeah yeah well, well, not to mention those those ppp loans we got forgiven exactly and uh whenever i loan something from a pp p i always make sure to repay it uh what? i'm sorry Never mind. I was distracted. Um, we got a business inquiry live on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does it say? Um, it's a it's a canned letter sent. Free to... mustache rides. Free. <laughs> it's a canned letter, which I imagine is sent to every single podcast. It says, "Hey, I found the readier room on Apple Podcasts. As a fellow podcaster, I wanted to reach out to connect. How's the show going? Is there anything I can do to be helpful or supportive?" One thing you may get value from is Podmatch, and this is where I stopped reading. Yeah, um, sure, sure. Yeah, um, fuck you, Alex San Filippo. <laughs> There's yeah. something you can do. Fuck off. Founder of Pod Pros. Pod Pros. Yeah, Pod Pros. Like I, a book. My mind is slowly putting that together. If you mm. would, if you would indulge me and wait a second, I will laugh. Okay. Ha. Huh. <laughs> um God, I You know we're gonna have a guest next week. Oh yeah, we are. Yeah. It's uh it's very exciting. Yeah. Uh the readier room will be better than ever. And we have, <laughs> I'm sure it's gonna be great. We have a guest the week after that too. Who's the week after that? I don't know, some guy. <laughs> oh, this is the Voyager guy. He wanted uh, us to okay. talk about Voyager, so. Um, <laughs> That's going to go really well. Between my general disdain for it and your complete ignorance, it'll, <laughs> it'll be a great discussion of his Voyager fan fiction. 
<laughs> oh, he has fan fiction for us? Well, that's the thing. He's he's like, oh, I wrote season eight of Voyager, and, um... Oh my god. I wanted to discuss different plot points of what you think might have happened, and, um... Not... Oh my goodness. I... To my, it's my understanding that Voyager has a rather definitive ending. Sure. Yeah, don't they, like, go back to Earth? Yeah. They voyaged home. Yeah. <laughs> There's no more voyage to be had. Right, they voyaged. It's not Voyager, it's voyaged. <laughs> uh, you know what we could do? Have both guests is... on the same episode? <laughs> yeah, actually put them both on the episode and we don't show up. <laughs> That's good. That's a good bit. <laughs> that would be really good. Uh, connect them together start the recording and just kind of dip out it's like when you get two um uh telemarketers to talk to each other (laughs) or like uh two two chinese restaurant owners (laughs) or two oracles dispensing their wisdom Mm -hmm. well that's probably what it's closest to that's what the show is every week yeah we're dispensing we're constantly dispensing yeah, I'm gonna dispense. Uh, what we could do is put together some open AI prompts. Okay. And make our own fan fiction. Well, we make our own fan fiction kind of on the fly, right? It's more like a a live improv, you know. Usually the yeah, sure, but a lot of we comedy. Don't know anything about Voyager? Usually the characters end up having sex with each other. <laughs> In the absence of knowing anything about Voyager, I like that, you know. Like that time I was the Gorn? You were the Gorn? Yeah. I was I was the Kirk. <laughs> Could I make it any more obvious? <laughs> um, yeah, the thing is, I, I've, whilst doing other things, I have had a lot of Voyager on in the background. It's my background show these days. And, mm. um... I know more about it than I would care to admit. Like, did you know that Torres and Tom Paris have sex? Uh, <laughs> no, I don't think so. Alright, well, they do. There was one episode where the Doctor um, makes, like, a holographic family for himself. And Torres comes in and she's like, Oh, Doctor, your family's too nice. Let me fuck with them. So she like goes to the coding of the family and gives them all problems. And his his daughter ends up crippled and unable to walk. Oh, wow, that's topical. Yeah, so the doctor's just kind of like role-playing, having a fun, you know, fantasy that he's got a family. And, and she just couldn't leave it alone. She couldn't leave it alone. She makes him go through the mental anguish of explaining <laughs> to his daughter that she's never going to walk again. It's, uh, I assume it's the Klingon aggression side of her that wants her, doesn't want Wow, no, 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 no. I'm sure it's purely socioeconomic factors. <laughs> Did you know, um... Before you say anything, I'm gonna go out on a limb and say yes. Okay. Now, you might be surprised. I might know. Did you know that the Breen commonly endured pregnancy at a young age? That's, uh, 
A load-bearing endured in that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, because I feel like the implication is that they shouldn't be uh, impregnated that young if they're having to endure it. Right. Maybe it's just like <laughs> a, a festivity. Are the, are the are the are the are the breens just like okay with pedophilia? Well, I mean, who isn't these days? Is there something under the mask, or are they just robot people? I don't think they're robot people because then they couldn't get pregnant. There's well, a lot. You never there's know. A, there's a lot of DS9 dialogue of like, oh, no one's ever seen them under the mask. Oh, uh, okay. Um. At one point, the Breen only really show up for the finale, by the way. It's like, in the final ten-episode finale, you're like, oh, here's the Breen. And, uh, that was a long time cooking. Awesome. Now, um, we could talk more about Deep Space Nine, if you would like. Uh, the eh. the, the aliens that live in the wormhole... Refer to Cisco as the Cisco exclusively. The Cisco, right? The like, Cisco, like he's a like he's a router. Yeah, <laughs> like like some some like middle aged woman in like Tennessee is like, hey, get over here and fix the Cisco. That's exactly right, and uh, that's essentially what the prophets are. It's just kind of retarded Tennessee uh, Tennesseeite women. It's like a Shiite. <laughs> then a Shiite. I, as I watch more Voyager and I come back and watch TNG every week. I, It makes me appreciate Deep Space Nine so much more. Mm-hmm. It's unreal. Not only how good that show is, but how distinct it is from other Trek series. Whereas I, I like how morally gray it is. Yeah, it's it really appeals to my dark side. <laughs> um, I like I like uh, my favorite part is when when the aliens um, gamble at the casino. Right. Do you know what game they play? Uh, uh Piljock Dabo. <laughs> now it's weird that Domjot makes no appearance in Deep Space Nine, which is wow, the- really? I guess. It's it's too uh, too intellectual. Yes, it's too. That's why Picard loves it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, where was I going with this? Oh yeah, because Voyager and Deep Space Nine have a lot in common, aside from quality. They don't have quality in common, but the the structure of the show is identical almost. And. You watch Deep Space Nine, it's like its own thing. It's like, oh my god, there's continuity. This episode, just this random episode, is like a a three parter for no reason. It's great. Uh-huh. It's great. One of these, yeah, days, you like three parters. One of these days, I'm gonna convince you to drop the, the TNG podcast and go to Deep Space Nine once we've run out of yeah. uh, once we've run out of stories to tell. Oh, I don't know if we'll ever run out of stories to tell, Mitch. Oh, I could always There's just so many make some stories, make up some stories about DS Nine. If I had to, yeah, yeah. If you had to, if I had to, I don't know if you know this. I'm quite. If, if that was something we did, quite the uh, the creative, quite the creative of what? 
Uh, no, creative. I'm a creative. That's what it says. On oh, my, you're a creative. My Twitter profile. On your uh, on your LinkedIn. Yeah, my LinkedIn. It says um, aspiring human, general creative, uh, doing a little better every day. My opinions are my own. <laughs> doing a little better every day. <laughs> Um, I really need to chat, cha- mom. <laughs> I, I need to change that to say my opinions are the readier rooms. Yeah, yeah, of course. My opinions. Mine, mine. No, you can't have them. They're my opinions. <laughs> I do want to revisit that uh, the, the the title of thought. Yeah. Um. Where Where did this come up? Thought Gamora, oh, the Breen. Yeah, of course. It's always the Breen. Yeah. It's always the Breen. Yeah. Um. That's I when I rewatched the finale of Deep Space Nine maybe last week. You know, which I do every week. Um, mm. I realized that the hilarity of that title. That's how they pronounce it, huh? Thought. It, it's just straight up thought. The subtitles spell that's it the weird. same way. It's a. Uh... That's amazing. <laughs> now, where I come from more of an insult than a term of respect mm-hmm. on our planet <laughs> what planet would that be uh some i don't i don't know third rock from the sun baby you gotta be from another planet to like that show oh my god this show sucked so bad john lithgow Harry and the Hendersons. John Lithgow is very much the American John Cleese with all the implications that brings. How's that? Well, it, he's, his name's John. He's from America instead of the UK. <clears throat> um, he's not funny. And he's kind of tall. Is John Cleese that offensive? Well, John Cleese is fine. It's more of like a, a an office scenario, right? Where it's this um, hollow facsimile of of the UK thing. Okay. Look, I, don't, I mean, this, this metaphor doesn't stand up to so much scrutiny. I don't know. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not getting it. <laughs> All right. So the implication well, is that John Cleese is good. Yes, he's fine. But John Lithgow is much worse. Okay. Now, John Lovitz. <laughs> now, little known fact, John Lovitz and John Cleese were in the same film together. They both starred in Rat Race. Yeah, you've been on a Rat Race kick. I've seen Rat Race possibly more than any film ever. That's rough. I would just sit down as a... Uh, as a 30-year-old, 35-year-old man at that time, and uh, just watch Rat Race on my DVD player. <laughs> you, you, you'd rock back and forth and clap and say, play it again, play it again. Yeah, I would, I, would, I would do it until I could quote the entire movie. If I messed up, I had to start back at the beginning. Right, right. That almost sounds like something a child would do. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird, my maturation rate. <clears throat> You like you're like one of those aliens that takes a long time to to reach puberty. Right. I, I age in reverse. 
uh, Benjamin Button, huh? Not Benjamin Cisco. That's 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 why you've been looking so good. <laughs> Cute as a button, a Benjamin Button. Mm-hmm. I'm really. That's t- what I call your penis. How <laughs> was the time to see Benjamin Button? <laughs> Uh, I um I'm sick of this fad of cats dressed up as sharks. Hats? Cats. Hats dressed up as sharks. Is that a fad? What's going on? People are drawing cats dressed up as sharks. Oh cats. I thought you said hats. I said cats. Okay, I thought you said hats. I know what you thought I said. <laughs> now see here. That's not how it works. <laughs> That's why I was confused by your 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 choice of verb. Dressed up, a uh, dressed up hat, like like we're in the fucking like seventeen hundreds. Hey, you ever see like um an old timey reporter that has that little white paper stuffed in his hat? That's a dressed up hat. Hmm. I have no idea what you're talking about. you know. Maybe I did. Maybe I've just never noticed. Hold on, nineteen twenties reporter hat. Oh my, I'm a genius. Look at this. Hold on. <laughs> it's got the little piece of paper stuffed in there. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I see. I see. I've never noticed this. No, it's on my mind at least once a day. Well, I'm happy now that, that we've scrolled past the African torture video that you sent me. Yes, well, uh, that's just ideas for later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so cats dressed up as sharks. You know what? I think I might have seen this, but I tend to just anytime I see a cat while uh-huh. I'm doom scrolling, uh-huh. I, uh, I I just ignore it. That's that's the attitude I take when I see cats in the street. But mm. um, when I see them on Broadway, I tend you, to pay you, attention. You have urge to kick them uh, because I paid for the ticket. Right. 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 That, that's your favorite show. Yes, I really love cats. I'm a big fan of um, J. John. J.D. Oppenheimer. John Cleese. What's that guy's name? Who wrote. Oh, the, the guy who made cats? The guy who wrote the music, yeah. He's like a. I don't know. He's like a Broadway guy. Hold on. I think he wrote West Side Story. You think I know Broadway? Uh, you're cultured. You're cultured. Not that kind of way. Andrew Lloyd Webber. I don't know where I was getting John from, but... Oh, yeah, okay. Oh, God. What is cats a metaphor for? God, dogs. You ever see a picture of Andrew Lloyd Webber? No. Uh, He looks like a... He looks like a Broadway guy. In in the worst way possible. Ooh. He looks like a professor from Harry Potter. Hmm. Professor Lloyd Webber, defense <laughs> against Lloyd the dark arts. <laughs> he said calmly. <laughs> what's your uh, What's your favorite Harry Potter subject? Oh, my favorite. Yeah, what's your favorite? My fave. Your fave. Uh, what's What's the one where they um? Uh, where they make shit levitate. Oh, you know what? You know what? Potions is probably the best because you can do anything with that. Well, you can make mixed drugs. 
Yeah, yeah. It's like a, a real Breaking Bad situation. All right, hold on. Breaking news here. Andrew Lloyd Webber did not write West Side Story. I was wrong. That was Leonard mm. Bernstein. Ooh. Perhaps best known for inspiring the name of the bear that gave Kristen Chandler his name. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, at one point that will be what he's best known for. Yeah, that point is now. In the distant future when... There's got to be a biopic coming out for this a guy. Biopic. It's biopic. Biopic. Definitely not biopic. It's definitely biopic. Which I I posit, which one is more fun to say? Biopic. That's right. So ergo, rhymes rhymes with myopic. Don't don't insult me by calling me myopic. Hmm. Just because. Your-opic? Just because I'm always looking at life through a microscope doesn't mean I'm myopic. Anyway. Look, I... I try. I try. You don't try. I don't try, no. You don't try. I don't. Sick of it. So, very, uh, very uneventful week. Yeah, well, we discovered the Egg Foo Young sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> real liberal use of the word we. <laughs> the royal we. The, the world discovered the Egg Foo Young sandwich. So what, tell me about it. No, it's Egg Foo Young on two pieces of bread. I, I guess there's like a tomato in there or something. What a coincidence. I, I discovered the bottled water sandwich. You know what that is? Water between two, two pieces, pieces of bread. bread. That's right. That's that's British cuisine. <laughs> soggy water? Or soggy bread? Soggy water. <laughs> <laughs> a water sandwich. It's uh, it's shapeless. It's like, oh, it's, it's my water sandwich, but I had to put it in this glass. To have to keep its form. The, the originator of uh, famous Canadian ice and ketchup sandwich. Ah yes, uh, I'm a big fan of the ice and ketchup sandwich. Hold the ketchup, <laughs> which is weird because you got the sandwich in one hand and the ketchup in the other because you're holding it. And it's... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like this isn't the first time I've heard you make that joke. I've never... I'm sorry, joke? You, oh, right, right. You know me. Observation. Yeah. <laughs> Witty observation. You're, you're always very serious. I don't think I've ever made a joke on this podcast. Dead serious. Serious as a heart attack. What's that from? Um, That was from me when I had a heart attack. Oh, I I'm kept sorry. saying that to the guys in the ambulance. <laughs> in, in that super villain voice? Yes. And he said, sir, sir, I need you to, to swallow this pill. I think this guy's a super villain. <laughs> it's why he's wearing the cape. You did like that cape. Yeah, it was very, it was becoming of me. And what I would and that's do why, is... That's why you had to get rid of it. We didn't want more of you. 
I would twirl myself up in it, pretend I was invisible. And then I would go out and c- commit villainy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I later learned that people could see me kind of prancing down the, the sidewalk. Right, they just they just didn't do anything right. about it. I wonder why that was. Well, it's like how I ignore cats. They're like, oh, I gotta ignore this strange homosexual. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, we're going to dress you up as a shark. <laughs> Look how cute he is! That'll be the worst, because I have to keep walking around, otherwise I'll die. <laughs> is is that true? Uh, probably. I don't see why it wouldn't be true. Yeah, it, it doesn't sound weird at all. <laughs> yeah, it's it's propaganda by Big Shark. To make them seem more scary. <laughs> you ever see Jaws? Uh, not in person. Oh, he's my favorite Bond villain. Mm, yeah, yeah. You ever see Jabberjaw? Uh, no, what's that? It's a shark. No. <laughs> you ever see Ligma? <laughs> Ligma? What's Ligma? It's a shark. (laughs) (laughs) Ligma the shark. That's a good children's character. (laughs) Yeah? Yeah. Oh, introducing Ligma the shark. (laughs) It's got a picture book and the last page is just Ligma nuts. No, that's that's the official uh, product tie-in, right? You can go to the the uh, the grocery store and buy planters Ligma nuts, planters yeah. nuts that are branded as Ligma nuts. <laughs> now, a Ligma sounds like a type of um, uh, like tool, like a uh, like a washer. Like, hand me that washer. Hand me that Ligma. You know, I was gonna say it sounds like like part of like some creature's anatomy. Don't call me a creature. Well, I'm not saying you have a ligma. How do you feel about the term creature feature? Uh, kind of gay, actually. Yeah. I I mean I don't feel gay about it. I think it's kind of a gay. Yeah, it's just like I'm off creature. to watch the creature feature. It's the creature <laughs> right, right, from right. the Black Lagoon. It's very flamboyant, and it doesn't really describe anything about the film. No, well, there's a creature. Wait, in wait it. you just use it because it rhymes? There, there is a creature. Right. Like, um, the goo. You ever see the goo? But I get the impression that the, the creature could be of any size, shape, you know? Uh, a giant monster rampaging throughout the city is a decidedly different film than, like, a swamp monster. I suppose. I suppose. Um,. You ever see Zat? Zat? Zat. No, what is that, like, Jumanji sequel? No, it's a creature feature. That's a good guess, though. Jumanji. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of Jumanji, did you know that Robin Williams killed himself? No. Yeah. No, he didn't. It was the ultimate bit. <laughs> Everything was leading up to it. Right. And And he left a human being on this earth named Zelda. Who one day, too, will kill herself in fulfillment of the destiny. 
<laughs> Does she have children? Um, are you going to be disappointed if I say yes? No, I'm just curious. Well, I don't know. Let me look this up. Does Zelda have children? <laughs> it's not. The results seem inconclusive. She's 33, so the clock is ticking. Yes. Soon she'll be 34. Tick, 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 tick. All tick, those tick, tick, eggs tick, are going to be out of date. Remember to wash your eggs before you inseminate them. Mm hmm. Williams announced on Twitter that she lives with aphantasia, the inability to create mental. The inability to voluntarily create mental images. Oh, that's another one of those bullshit woman diseases. Mm. Uh, you don't remember this trend? No, I do. Um, part of the... Uh, I I remember I got bullied because I, I technically have this quote-unquote condition. Mm. But the, the problem is not, you know, what you can or cannot imagine. It's how much you need to tell everyone about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can't believe you're retarded. I, I am retarded. I sit, <laughs> I lie in my bed all day, and I'm like, I want to see an apple. Imagine an apple. And <laughs> <laughs> stupid, stupid, stupid. I will say there are some times <laughs> where I have oddly um, vivid pictures uh, flash uh -huh. across my mind, and usually it's. Not not when I sleep, because dreams are whatever, but there will be times where I'm just kind of resting, and uh, I'll just get like a very vivid series of images, and I'm like, oh my god, I've never seen anything that clear before. And uh, hey, Do you have your eyes closed? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, up, up until I've been trying to imagine apples with my eyes open <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> well, I mean, normal people could do that. No way. Yeah. Oh, god. I don't know. I can still like. It's Maybe it's like a like a you're like a Hulk situation where you have like this incontrollable but uh, superhuman ability to uh, visualize things just randomly. Perhaps uh, I do like my Hulk situations, but um, to me, discussion about anything like this is so it's it's such a poisoned well because it's like it's like trying to talk about colors. You know, it's. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's that's that's the issue too. We don't really, we can't really articulate right. how how we internally visualize things. So, and I'm sure a lot of the people who are like, "Oh my God, I have aphantasia. I'm an aphantasiologist." They're like, they're probably just average or just fine. But they, uh, the way no, that... they, they need something to be special about. Well, yeah, but they believe that they are. I don't say disabled, but that they have this condition because mm -hmm. of their poor ability to parse the descriptions of other people's lived experiences. Yeah, sure. It's just, it's so it, dumb. If you think that's crazy, wait until you hear that there are people, men, who think they're women. Oh, oh what? I've never yeah. heard of this trend. Due to their inability to parse women's lived experiences. Parse. Parse. 
Zelda Williams was in this this movie called House of D. What is it? Uh, what does the D stand for? <laughs> Dracula, maybe. Let's see. Oh, hi. My name is D. Welcome to my house. Lies of P. House of D. <laughs> Lies of P. House of D. <laughs> <laughs> A sincere that's, but inept coming. That's something that a coven of witches should be chanting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, they do their little like dance around the fire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, little witch cackles in their windmill village. Oh, I'm getting Zelda big Williams... midsummer vibes from this. Midsummer. Uh, Zelda Williams does not like seem to CEO. have children. Oh, Midsomar. Yeah, it's not like a oh, like, CEO like some kind of Indian guy. Yeah. It's Hello, a... my name is Midsomar. Yeah, right. I can't stand that. By the way, um, hmm. not not that, but this going back a, a couple of steps. There's so many people that see anything. Vaguely, I don't know, pagan, and they're like, "Oh my god, this is just like midsummer," and um, I don't know why that offends it's, me so much, but it does. Well, it's a boss baby situation, isn't it? It is, but it's not like I have this great affinity for um, right, sure, midsummer. For well, it's just stuff. a just a distaste for ignorance. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And uh, yeah, it's fucking dumb. Although I haven't seen that, I I'm gonna oh. counter. Um, anytime someone says that and be like, "Oh, is that I haven't seen? Is that like the Wicker Man?" Because <laughs> I'm getting big Wicker Man vibes from this. <laughs> Where do you see people say this? <laughs> um, anytime that something is vaguely pagan. And there's discussion mm. about it. So the, that that one part of Elden Ring, um, there was a, a oh, ma- I see, I see, yeah. a Magic the <laughs> Gathering set that had similar uh, depictions of witches in it. Right. And it's like, oh, it's just like Midsummer, and it's like, oh, it's just like the oldest religion on the fucking planet. <laughs> <laughs> um, big, big, uh, big past couple weeks for the for the magic scene huh we got black aragorn yeah that's uh i'm very very proud of of the magic scene for taking the the second step in making black middle earth characters Mm. (laughs) what what, what other crossover was there uh there was doctor who that's it yeah it's beyond perfect beyond parody it's it's literally just like um, it really is the perfect crossover for for the, for the average Magic the Gathering fans. Yeah, there we have like Doctor Funko Pops and stuff. There was that. There was a Warhammer 40k. Um, it's like all this gay shit. Crossovers are stupid, but like Warhammer, you could do worse than Warhammer. At least Warhammer is a game that's played at the same like game store level you know you, you sure, probably sure. you go in on friday to play magic you go in on wednesday to play warhammer or whatever right but uh yeah it's stunned there's stranger things crossover Ugh. that um 
Fortnite. Wow. Street Fighter. They're really uh, whoring, hurting for money or something, aren't they? I I, I think it's the they're making a lot of money, and uh, they realize that compromising the creative vision is very profitable. Mm. And, it's like Lego Star Wars. Yeah. When they made Lego Indiana Jones, I really, I, I was I gave up hope on the Lego series. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, where's my pirate set? You know. Pirates, 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 pirates. Pirates, pirates, pirates. Uh, ancient Egypt. Lego Ancient Egypt. Uh, Lego Caligula. <laughs> now there's a crossover. That would actually be pretty inspired to to watch like you know all these gratuitous scenes of sex and violence, but with the minifigs and it's like <laughs> someone gets disemboweled and it's just like a bunch of the lego studs falling yeah out of them. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> their heads could just pop up and roll across the floor and a, a, a lego gets shoved into a, a boiling bronze bowl and it's just like this this hapless comedic situation it's like oh <laughs> no where's the star trek crossover Magic the Gathering. Oh, that'd be good. I, I would love. It's the next logical step. I would love if I could play as the Borg. This is my Borg deck. <laughs> uh, a... You will be assimilated. Like some guy sits down at the table across from you, and he just he just starts doing like robotic gestures. You will be assimilated, yep. and you're just yep, yep. you're just sitting there, just kind of shuffling, looking for the exit. He's got that autistic phenotype to his face. I think that's the worst. The people who like to role play while they're playing the game. Ooh, do you have stories about this? Yeah, I do. Um, one time, I went to a an event that started at midnight, so I, you know, already just tired, not really uh, low tolerance for bullshit. Yeah. And I sit down across from this guy. You know, we, we're shuffling up, and he's he's got the phenotype as you just get into, and. Uh, mm-hmm. Or as you, what you can do is you look at your opening hand of cards and you can choose to shuffle it back into the deck and draw a smaller <laughs> hand if your first hand isn't good. So right, but you, a mulligan. Right, but you're down a card, so it's not it's not a very good thing to do. If you do that, you're strategically disadvantaged. But sometimes you got to do it. So anyway, I right. mulligan like two times, which is a lot, and I'm already like, oh my god, I'm, I'm very out of this game, and. Mm-hmm. uh uh, my opponent is from the get-go. He's, he starts with the role-playing. He's like, oh, I will play a, a, a deserty plains and the hot wind sweeps across the field and I passed my turn. And I'm, I'm, just, oh, I, I'm just sitting there like all, the only thing running through my mind is just numbers. Like, oh, my, I'm 30% to win this game. I'm 25%. Like every time I draw a card for my turn, my percentage goes down because my draw is just so bad. And I'm just sitting there seething yeah. about it. Meanwhile, my opponent is just... Not only is he being autistic, his his draw is great. He's, he's, sure. He's, he's like, oh, now I'll play this super rare card that's awesome and he's my ally and together we're going mm-hmm. to defeat the evil of the planeswalking world. And again, oh it, it's like... <laughs> by that point, it's like 1230 and yeah, you know, I'm fucking tired and like, oh my god, whatever. 
So I lose I lose that first game because they're best of three matches and uh, mm. between games I usually just don't say anything. So I'm you know, kind of thinking what the approach is going to be for the next game, strategizing whatever. And he just insists on engaging me in conversation. And he's like, "Oh, yeah, like I know I just kicked the shit out of you in the most obnoxious way possible, but you know where are you from? What are you what are you doing? You know what what are your hobbies?" And I'm like, "Oh God, yeah, it's." This this memory will live in my mind uh, forever, and it's not a the story kind of peters out a bit because I do end up winning, and that's not nearly as funny. But it's uh, <laughs> that first uh, game was dire, dire. I can imagine the uh, the amount of rage you would have. You know, uh, you having know lost me. That I can tilt like none other. <laughs> well, there's also like a certain. A certain special quality to the combination of autistic and smug. Yes. Yes. I, um... Like, it's... One of the better friendships I ever made from that game, um, I was watching another another two people play, because my, my game had finished, and, um, another guy was in a situation very similar to the one I had just described, and, uh... When the game ends and he loses, because whatever luck his opponent, who's a retard, just uh, kind of got was fortunate, his opponent shows him the rest of the cards in his hand. He's like, "Oh, I also had all these to, to mm. that I didn't need to beat you, and I was my position right. was even better than it looked like." And right. I can see this guy like struggling to not flip the table or snap <laughs> it in half, and um, I kind of sidle up next to him and i'm like oh my god can you believe that guy and he's like thank you thank you for saying that i was gonna fucking punch him in the fucking face and uh <laughs> it was a bonding moment it was very pure and uh that guy and i are still close to this day oh, that's nice it is it's um a true disdain for retards which is a trait that runs through the the highest echelon of society there's a the only person I ever played Magic the Gathering with was um, this very like you know thousand yard stare yes kind of like lanky guy um, and uh, like I I didn't I didn't buy cards or anything you know I would just do it to pass the time and uh, he, he would he would always have a few decks but they were always stacked it's like, you know like I mean? cheating <laughs> yeah yeah basically not even like cheating but like 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 the one that he would use is good, and the one that he would like give to me was shit. Oh, you can play the shit deck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that was pretty annoying, and he was also he, he. We'd like run into each other like randomly, and he would like be like have a CD player with him. He like listen to like Slipknot and shit. Fuck it. Like, just stand there and listen to Slipknot. Did you push your he, fingers he would, into your eyes every every now and then? Uh, he'd follow me around and like um, anytime I interacted with someone, like he'd have his Game Boy and he'd show people his Pokemon. Oh, one, um, one of those guys. Which, yeah, like I, I couldn't get rid of him. So like all these people think I was like associated with them. Did uh did he hurt your ability to get a date for prom? <laughs> no, I got I got a I got a great date for prom. That's the story of how we went together. <laughs> I was a girl from Hong Kong, actually. <laughs> Hong Kong is a very funny place name. 
It is. It is. I don't know what she was doing out in my neck of the woods, but... Also, Girl from Hong Kong sounds like a David Bowie song. <laughs> Do you know David Bowie's dead? Yeah. Yeah, I put him there. <laughs> you know he was supposed to be in the, the new Blade Runner movie? Was he the titular Blade? No, no, he was the runner. Oh, I see. Yeah, he outsmarted no, he, he that co- be, um, coyote. Who's who's the guy with the cult who did who played the Joker? Um, Jared Leto. Yeah, yeah. Jared Leto's role was supposed to be David Bowie. Jared Leto was which, in Blade Runner. Is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen the movie, so I don't know why I'm surprised. <laughs> the second one, of course, not. Yeah, not Blade Runner twenty forty eight. Yeah, twenty seventy three. 2020 hindsight 2020 heiny heiny 2020 heiny heiny 2020 somebody's heiny still giggling about the lies of p house of t i don't even know what that is like why did we say that <laughs> I just know that I said it. I probably heard something that rhymed with it and went off. Lies of P, House of P. God, this 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 uh, supposed coven of witches is giving me big midsummer vibes. <laughs> Lies of P, House of D. <laughs> Okay. Alright. Do you want to answer a question of the week? Yeah, let's answer a question of the week. Alright, so this week's question of the week um, comes from A. Lodafins, who says, uh, asked rather, Admirals, what was in the box that Troy gave to her patient in the loss? Now, you see the title of this podcast episode. That's the episode of Star Trek we're going to talk about today. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a really good question. We're saving this one. Hell yeah. It's a really common question. Um, I know that... I don't know about you, but I know that I... This this comes across my mind at least once a day. What could have been in that box to mm-hmm. aid in that woman's mental health journey? Um, I've prepared a list of, of possibilities here based on my inclinations. Um, okay. A, a doll's hairbrush... Um, the desiccated remains of a fetus, the fragment of a mirror long shattered, uh, the hair of the dog that bit her, dried goods, something borrowed, something blue, a smaller box, a self-help book. Um, it's a lot of choices here, but the, the thread that runs through all these that makes them candidates in my mind is that these are all things that held a deep meaning to her and her husband because her husband's dead. That's the the conceit of all this. Mm-hmm. And I think that perhaps the contents of the box were the key to saving that nebula of that area of space. Uh, the implications for TNG and Trek in general of that box and its contents are pretty deep running. And I don't want to spoil anything, but I have it on high authority that that box may or may not appear in a new season of Pickard. You know what we should have done? What should we have done? We should have had a scene at the end of the episode where uh, Troy is, is in another counselor meeting with the woman. 
And uh, Troy looks at her and she asks, what's in the box? And then the episode ends. That would have been good. Uh, we should have had a scene where Troy stuck her appendage in the box. <laughs> I didn't know Troy had an appendage like that. She's got several. I mean, at least five on each hand. Oh, is that how is that how Betazoid anatomy works? Betazoid anatomy doesn't work. And that's what's problematic about it. In this mm. video series, we will explore <laughs> the, <laughs> the nature of Beta Z anatomy. Can you beat Super Mario Brothers as a Betazoid? <laughs> the rules are simple. No Betazoiding. <laughs> no, no the, the, the kids call it zoiding oh right you know i think i watched a cartoon about that yeah yeah um <clears throat> kind of went off the rails there were some giant robots in it Doesn't yeah. really have anything to do with betazoid but you know artistic liberties and stuff i would always watch uh the betazoid cartoon before i would drive my kid to baseball practice and he'd say mm. Dad, let's go. I want to play ball with the boys. <laughs> and I said, hold on. Liger's really up to something here. <laughs> I would uh I would buy all the all the models and I would put them together and I wouldn't let my kids play with them. Right, because that would diminish the value. Right. They would say, hey, have you ever been in this situation? Because it really makes you makes you reflect on yourself where like let's say you have like like some kind of like statue or figure like toy whatever just sitting on your shelf and a kid comes up to you and he's like can i play with that and you, you just have to be like no <laughs> <laughs> uh i've never been in that situation i've been in a similar situation with the with my cactus but i always would say yes in that situation <laughs> Well, that explains why your cactuses die. I um, I had another time where I think my brother brought his kid over, young kid, and the kid just like runs up to my guitars and starts like pulling on the strings. Yeah, and uh, it's a very very um distinct feeling of dread. That one. Because not only is yeah, it like, sure. you're like, oh, you're ruining it and you're detuning it. It's also like, yo, you could fucking snap the string and then I'm going to be responsible for you getting a fucking slice up face. <laughs> Retard. Why? Because you're going to cut it up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're going to make me have to fucking kill you. And then I'm going to be responsible. What's up with that? <laughs> I mean, I, I get it. When it's something with, like, a function like that that actually is, you know, useful uh, in in a way other than to just collect and look at, then, yeah, I think I think there's nothing wrong with being like, hey, get your hands off of that, kid. Um, hey! But... Hey! When it's, when it's like, a, like, a toy of Darth Vader from, like, 1970-something... Right. ...sitting on a shelf in pristine condition because, I, you know, I'm a man-baby... And a kid's like, can I play with that? And it's like, well, that's what that's what it should be used for. And I'm just like, nah. <laughs> I think that's why people like Funko Pops, is that they look so boring to children that nobody would ever want to play with <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, their eyes just glaze over. Like, they don't even see them. The only people who see Funko Pops are, like, 30-year-old neckbeards. 
in a uh, in Cruelty Squad, there, you got to kill a guy who's surrounded by his Funko Pops. <laughs> That's amazing. It's it's like a, a Twilight Zone episode, like a, a a guy collecting figures that uh, that no one else can see. <laughs> <laughs> They were finally mint in the box. I, I did have a an issue uh, once where a child uh, broke a, a Nendroid oh. that I had. Did you put, yeah. put him in the ground? I I only found out, I think, after the child had left my house. Um, so always lock your doors. Right, because children might come into your house unannounced and break your nendroids <laughs> uh, preferably lock the door while you and the child are in the same room <laughs> so no one can come in now was was your bear tato okay oh yeah my bear tato is fine <laughs> All right, so it was just your just your nendroid that was broken yeah <laughs> <laughs> Something but else. you know they stopped making those. They they did they? Yeah, there's no more Nendroids. Shame, shame, shame. I had the same thing happen with a fish. A rogue kid came in and broke it, and I found out hours later, and uh, I no longer snapped it in half. Basically, drowned it in food. The thing. Oh my god! The thing ate itself to death, which is either. A very, very, very good way to go, or a very, very, very bad way to go. <laughs> yeah, if if our experience as human beings is any indication, I think eating yourself to death would be extremely painful. Yeah. I do like to eat, though. Eating is fun. Although, you know, recently when I eat, mm-hmm. and I eat just a little too much, even just like a little too much... Uh, I'm on my ass for like the next hour and a half. Like, I need to lay down. Huh. I usually lay down on my back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's cute. I, uh, I have a habit of eating like a bunch of something heavy, like ramen, and then mm. immediately going for exercise or a run. Oof. Which is not good. It's not something I intend no. to do, and it doesn't feel good. In fact, it feels terrible, but it, it happens more often than you think. Yeah, you gotta wait like half an hour. Yeah, otherwise uh, you get a cramp in the pool. Which is the yeah. biggest scam ever sold to people. Yeah, it's dumb. Uh, you, it's, it's just a, a scam by big pool to get kids fewer pool time. Out of the pool? Yeah. <laughs> this sounds like a really good plan. <laughs> well, nobody ever said Big Pool was smart, just that they were devious and cunning. What about Tim Pool? Tim Pool. What about Christopher Pool? Is Didn't he play that guy that was, uh, he had a bunch of rat friends, but no human friends? Huh? The guy who played Marty McFly's dad. I don't know. I'm talking about Moot. Oh, hold on. I gotta look this up. Alright, so to find this, I, I go to the Back to the Future. We have to go back to the future. You remember when I said that in the film? That was very exciting. I do. I do. 
All right, Back so, to the Future is kind of a boring film. Well, they go back to the future. They do what they say. Okay, Crispin Glover played Marty McFly's dad. And he was also in the film... Uh... Rat Race. <laughs> I wish, but no. Um, where is this? Willard. He played the titular Willard. Now, Willard was this creepy guy that had a bunch of rat friends but no human friends and i think he like i think he set set the rats to kill people oh i've never heard of this oh for some reason it's burned in my memory despite never having seen it either you know crispin sounds like a like a black name no 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 now it's a very afreet kind of dainty english name is it yeah, like, oh, Crispin, it's time for tennis. Hello, Crispin. Time for your tennis lesson. Hey, Pip, cheerio. Yeah. He also played Bartleby in an adaptation of Bartleby. <laughs> in Sonic <the> Underground? <laughs> that was too fast. <laughs> Have you ever read Bartleby the Scrivener? What is, that, what is that, like a Dark Souls boss? <laughs> Bartleby, it's the a, Scrivener! It's a story by Herman Melville. The Moby, Herman Melville? The Moby Dick guy. I I have never read this, nor have I heard of it. Oh, it's based, I'll give you a, it's a short story, so I can give you the rundown. Bar, so Bartleby's a Scrivener, guy who writes things, which is a dead mm-hmm. profession these days. And, um, he's just, like, really bad at his job, he's He's late. He doesn't, uh... He's aloof all the time. And the crux of the story is that his boss is not able to fire him due to a lack of conviction, I guess? And Bartleby ultimately brings about the ruin of himself and everyone around him. (laughs) That sounds great. It's pretty good. It's, uh... If you ever want to seem cultured... Refer to someone around you in, who's incompetent as Bartleby. He's a real Bartleby, huh? Basically. Bartleby over there. <laughs> and uh, you can refer to anyone who's going to become Dr. Doom as Dr. Doom. <laughs> real Dr. Doom over here. <laughs> who Who played... Mr. Fantastic. Uh, the the newest. Um, no, no, the the oldest. In the the Je- oldest. The Jessica Alba one. That was Chris Evans, I think. Still, again, does he do anything but be a superhero? <laughs> no, he's just naturally a superhero. Hey, God, he's too Aryan. And then after after that one, it was that that ugly kid from that drumming movie. Oh yes, Whiplash. Now Whiplash um, was a very good film. I loved Whiplash, but he he is like the perfect uh, ugly guy, prototype of like a chud. Yes, like his his face looks very chud like. It looks like it and was it, molded out of clay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and they try to make him like he's in the new Top Gun, and they try to make him cool. And it's just like yeah, you're a loser. The the, but, whole, uh, the whole reason he worked in that Whiplash movie is because he was. Kind of pathetic, but yeah, he looked like a kid, right? He's got that shapeless, baby sure. fat kind of look. 
Right. And uh, you can't just have him. He's not going to glow up. He's not a glow up guy. No, definitely not. Uh, so, yeah, him being Mr. Fantastic, not a good move in my opinion. Um, Should have gotten the guy who's fantastic. The The most recent Mr. Fantastic is Jim from The Office. Now, for all the things that could be said here, that is a guy that did glow up, as they say, as I've been saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he certainly did. Unlike, uh, what's her face? Jenna. Bartleby. Unlike oh. Bartleby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, unlike, uh, yeah, Jenna, Jenna Fisher. Right. The best thing Jenna Fisher ever did was inspire the readier room. <laughs> I, uh, oh shit, there's another rewatch podcast that's going on that I, I found, and I, I was just, like, incredulous. Like, why is this happening? For what? Um, what's, what show? That's what I'm trying to remember. Is it for uh, Cake Boss? <laughs> <laughs> that fucking cake, man. I this is I do uh, like oh, the idea. It's a Scrubs podcast. Oh, gross. With Zach Braff. What? And I, I think uh I think his co star there, the black guy. God his name is. The Readier Room did it first. I mean after Office Ladies, but otherwise first. <laughs> For the the first one besides Office Ladies, yes, I I this is terrible. I I mean, glass houses, right? But you got to have more going on in life. Zach Braff was in fucking uh, ch- cheaper by the dozen three. We went over this. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> well, he can't do it all on his own. He's no Superman. <laughs> if, if, um... Uh, <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> if he if he goes crazy, I'll call him that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it's a still call me Superman, implying that he was called Superman before he goes crazy. I hate that song. Really? Yeah. I hate, I used to I hate his superhuman a... mind. <laughs> I used to play it on my Xbox 360 while yeah. I played Sonic the Hedgehog. Is that Three Doors Down or Three Days Grace? <laughs> three Doors Down, you know this. Three I... Doors Down from what? Uh, I do know that, but I'm not sure what the difference is. Of those two bands, like I, I couldn't. It's, tell it's you. actually the same people. No, don't don't gaslight me. <laughs> A lot of shitty bands from that era. Lincoln Park. Lincoln Park's okay. Lincoln Park's been getting a lot of play these days on Twitter. Oh yeah, there's like some meme now. Meme now. Me now. Alright, we're going to take a break, but before we do so, I want to give an announcement that if you two would, if you're like Mr. or Miss Lotofins here and want us to answer your question live on the podcast, email us at thereadierroom at gmail.com or tweet at us at thereadierroom or send a Reddit DM to readierroom. And if your question's good, we'll answer it. 
Uh, we're going to take a break. We'll be back here in a, probably a second for you, but five days for us. Don't go anywhere. And we're back. It's uh, It's been a long couple of weeks, but we're finally back yeah. to finish this episode. Yeah, what we like to do is is uh, we record all of the first half uh, for the next five episodes in one day. And then we record all of the actual content for the, for, the, for those five episodes right. on another day. That's why our preamble often covers the exact same content as a previous week. Right. Because um, it's nothing changes in our lives from one hour to the next. <laughs> but it's, Sometimes we have, to, we have to predict what's going to happen. Right. And then act as if it's already... It's, it's tough. It's tough, you know, being, being on TV. It's, Which is basically what this is. It's really going to be hard when one of us dies or quits or it can't make it to a show and, it, you know, they're gone, but there's still five or six episodes that they recorded the intro of. Yeah, although I'm sure I'm sure the fans will appreciate it. It's like right. a Michael Jackson situation. Right, right, where the uh, he changes race mid-game. Mm. <laughs> he raped those kids. Yeah. First he was a... Uh, an elite, and now he's a Spartan. <laughs> wasn't 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 Macaulay Culkin involved in that? Yeah, and I think he said Michael Jackson never did anything. He's a good friend, lying to protect his his buddy. Yeah, yeah. Well, he ended up with Brenda Song, so you'll never not be angry about that. No, I'm always seething about it. The Culkster. <laughs> the Kulkster. The Kulk. <laughs> he, uh, he had a podcast going for a while and no one listened to it. Yeah. Bunny, bunny, bunny ears. Bunny ears. Yeah. And it wasn't bad, per se. There were some good episodes. I liked I liked when he and uh, his brother sat down with a guy who made Toe Jam and Earl. That's a weird crossover. It really is. That's why it's so great. Also, that guy was his brother? No, 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 not the guy on the podcast, but he had, um, you know, uh, Kieran. No, yeah, I don't know Kieran. Yeah. I don't go to the same party as you do. The guy who was in Scott Pilgrim. Uh, he was in, he was in, what's, what's that popular show these days? Succession. Game of Thrones? Dance of Dragons? S- Succession. I just said the name. <laughs> what is, I, is that the one where all the kids are in high school? No. But they're all No, boars. it's like about... Think about business people. That's uh, that's Euphoria, ah, uh, and it's brave and stunning because it has a trans main character. Oh, I is is it about that trans character's Euphoria boners? I don't want to. <laughs> See, that's what I thought. That's the first thing that came to mind, and I hate myself for thinking that. I hate myself for loving you. <laughs> yep. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Euph- apparently Euphoria is pretty good, and it's not, like, super, uh, you know, how, I, I guess, I guess uh, an alt-right grifter would call it, quote, woke. It's not really like that. Apparently. Apparently, so they say. So they say. Who's they? And do they have parentheses around their names? That's the question. It's the question nobody asked. It's the question nobody begged. I'm begging the question! <laughs> <laughs> no, don't make me beg the question. I'm a beg, I'm a beg, I'm a beg, I'm a beg, I'm a beg. 
Uh, all right, what do we got? We got the loss today. Terrible, terrible. I'm going to cut right to the chase here. I hated this episode. Yeah, tell me about it. It's... <laughs> I, I don't want to, like, come down too hard on Troy, but there has never been a good Troy episode. No. And there never no. will be one. No. Um, this whole episode was just, like, a one big woman moment. Yes, yes. We we pulled the idea from this episode out of our bullshit woman disease file. Uh, yeah, we kept handy in case of emergency. Yeah. Right, right. Um, which you know made the rounds. We we got we got some good stuff out of that every now and then. But uh, um, you know, especially when we took that concept and applied it to a male character with actual problems. Yes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's 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 very annoying. This show is this this episode is is very. Very trying because nothing has been done with Troy to really endear us to her. Right. So when she starts screaming and acting like a child, and it's like the concept is kind of interesting. You have this person that thinks in in like an extra dimension mm -hmm. or experiences life in an extra dimension, and suddenly that dimension closes for them. That's interesting. Well, as they say in the episode, it's it's a character becoming disabled, which is <laughs> a storyline that has been done. Yeah, you know, in many different forms, and it's generally compelling. Um, yeah, especially in this sense because it's the the alien sci-fi nature of it is it's relatable, but it's not, but it's still otherworldly, which ostensibly would give it some some extra interest. <clears throat> um, but yeah, the problem is that okay, so Troy's disabled. What happens? She's unable to get a sense of what the aliens are thinking. Wow, if only that didn't happen every other episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you know, that's that's how it relates to the plot, the, or the B-plot, which is, I, I do have to side note, I think the B-plot is actually, has a lot of potential, and it's really interesting, um, like a 2D life form. Yeah, um, it, it is like, interesting. Like the, the Enterprise travels to Flatland. I was just... The only thing that took me out of that was when they first encounter them. The the Enterprise is coincidentally aligned to their exact plane. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I suppose. Um, I, I I can see how conceptually it's tough to really get uh, a story about two D life forms working in a completely satisfactory way. This was this this B plot was written by an intern though, and I think for that it's done very well. Generally, and it could have been explored more. Yeah, generally interns will have those more interesting, if not fully developed, ideas. Yeah. Well, that, that's what an intern is short for. Intern sting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the reason this episode really doesn't work is is mostly, again, like I said, uh, nothing about Troy really endears us to her. She doesn't really do anything in any other episode that's like amazing or you know uh cute no <laughs> like anything nothing nothing about her is like outstanding and then you get this episode where she loses her telepathic ability and um it's an interesting idea but 80 percent of the episode is her walking from room to room screaming at people she's not endearing at all and you need to be worried about the main character for a story like this to work like, yeah. Oh, is Troy gonna get her powers back? Ah, uh, I don't know. It was really powers, but you know. Um, <laughs> but no, it's just 
you're like, all right, I didn't like Troy before. I like her even less now. <laughs> yeah. She kind of yeah. deserves it. Now, it would be something, I think there's something there if maybe you have um, a character that Troy is, if it's focused on Troy and a character she has a deep relationship with because she can feel that character's emotions, then those emotions get shut off. She doesn't know what to do. Things are going south in their relationship or something like that. Right. This, you know, the, her, her job is the stand-in for that here. Yeah, right? which is wholly uninteresting. Yeah. Because, again, like you said... Uh, she often fails at her job. That, and also the the more um, counselor part of her job, where she's seeing her patient. Um, mm-hmm. She's like, "Oh, I don't, I don't, I can't sense your feelings anymore." But you almost never see Troy do that part of her job, so that's also very ineffective at at communicating these things. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, generally, I guess the stakes need to be higher, either on a character level or a plot level this to matter uh and there needs to be more valuable time spent uh, like troy needs to not break down immediately to me this, that's that's not a good thing this just shines a light on how superficial a lot of the character relationships are in this show <laughs> yeah, it kind of does i let, let's go to deep space nine for a second oh god um one of the core relationships that runs through that show is the relationship between um, the Odo, the shapeshifter, who we previously know from having his organ- organs harvested and, and eaten, and um, the the Bajoran uh, commander on the space station. They they have a romantic okay. relationship, but it's it's very very layered. Where her backstory is that she was the leader of or a member of, like, a resistance cell when the Cardassians were occupying Bajor, and Odo was working as the security chief on the Cardassian space stations. He was, he was working for them. Ah. And his, he's, he maintained throughout, like, whenever he was talking about his history, he's like, oh, I, um, I wasn't aligned with the Cardassians. I just uh, sought justice in for... Anybody who committed a crime, whether that aligned with the Cardassians or not. And then in mm-hmm. one episode, it comes out that he was more of a, 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 a I don't know, Cardassian sympathizer, not so clean cut. And it's that episode just kind of ends with the two of them just not resolving this issue. They, they mm-hmm. have affections for each other, but they were on very, very different sides of this uh, conflict years before. And those ideals just don't connect, and it uh, just lingers over the entire interaction. And it was like a fairly deep, um, satisfying thing to watch. And then in this show, it's just like, all right, well, I love hot fudge sundays. It's like, oh, I know you love hot fudge sundays, sure. <laughs> well, you got uh, you got Riker and and his Imzadi Troy, um, whose whose background is. Uh, they were in a relationship once. Right. I guess. And despite that relationship ending, they can perfectly navigate interactions with each other. (laughs) Yep, 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 yep. Except for the time where Troy is fucking someone else and Riker has a fit. But otherwise, they're perfectly capable of 100% platonic hugs. sometimes, Sometimes does not have a fit. Sometimes he just gives a look and then it's dropped. So, I don't know. 
That's the first bad move I've seen you make, Trip. <laughs> How did you remember his name? That's not his name. It's definitely not his Uh-oh. name. Uh-oh. But it, but it one hundred percent could be Trip. That's a very yeah, very. He looks like name. he could be a Trip. Yeah, so it's, like, it's a sociopathic name. Oh, I, just because I fucked Deanna once, that means I'm happy to see other penises enter and leave her and re-enter her <laughs> anytime. <laughs> but if you don't make her come, you and I are going to have words. Trip. <laughs> that that needs uh, that needs a, a, a good copy pasta. <laughs> TNG copy pasta is a very unmined resource. Let's um. Yeah, let's let's come up with one of those because I could I could just throw them in the threads every time they get posted. All right. Well, I mean that's a good place to start the that that interaction. Yeah. Um, I guarantee you nobody remembers that line or that scene. <laughs> uh, you would be surprised. Lloyd Lloyd Braun Lloyd Bridges what was his name. <laughs> well, that's a Seinfeld name. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's safe to say we hated this episode. Um, Very good. It was... Uh, it was simultaneously a waste and also something that probably should never have been considered to begin with because it's about Troy. Uh, if they wanted to do a Troy episode, they should have spent more time on Troy uh, before giving her episode about becoming a screaming, crying mess. Uh, which is also... I mean, I guess kind of sexist? Yeah, I was actually going to speak to that. Just to have another chance to talk about Deep Space Nine. Um, <laughs> oh, God. So, I think that there's a lot of opportunity to say that um, we don't like episodes that are centered on the female characters. Because a lot of them have come up rather short. But I, I think yeah. that's a testament to how poorly written a lot of the female characters in TNG are. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, I like... Um, Crusher? I don't... I, yeah, I like Crusher. I think she's a good character. And yeah. I loved Pulaski. We we both loved Pulaski. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you just one of the female character-centered stories of Deep Space Nine right now. Okay. So it's that same character that was the leader of a terrorist cell. Um at one point, they Deep Space Nine captures a old Cardassian war criminal. He he was the leader of an internment camp, executed a lot of Bajorans, and he's set to stand trial and be executed on Bajor for his war crimes. And while he's being held at Deep Space Nine, uh, before he can be extradited, I guess, um, that character, Nerys kind of interviews him for whatever procedural thing she has to do. And it slowly starts coming out that his DNA doesn't match the the guy that his identity. Mm. And to cut like all that development short, he is like a, a file clerk that previously worked at that internment camp who had plastic surgery to look like the leader of it. Okay. So that he could be executed in that guy's place and assuage his guilt um, for tacitly enabling the internment camp by doing menial work there. Mm-hmm. And 
the conflict for the the for Norris is that yes, he's a Cardassian, he worked at that internment camp, but he was also like a coward that didn't have any direct involvement in the uh the executions and and all that stuff. So yeah. she ultimately makes the decision like okay, I'm going to let this guy go cuz he's basically an innocent. He's, he shouldn't be executed for this. And it's it's such a great story and it's such a it's so deep. It's so it's such deep content that you never get anything like that with fucking Troy. No. What no. is the deepest thing Troy has ever ever gotten? Vag? <laughs> Who is what was was she in the relationship with that guy who we spent like fifteen minutes on an escape sequence with? What? Troy? Remember that you remember that episode where where like there was like a convicted prisoner or something? Oh. And he like was she in a relationship with that guy? I think they had scenes together. Yeah. What, what, what makes you bring that up? Well, I mean, it's it's sort of similar to me. I mean, it's it's. Uh, if if she has a relationship with this guy, it gives her a chance to make a moral call. You know what I mean? But oh, I'm sure yeah. she didn't. No, it wasn't that interesting. No, no, that was a bad episode. So. But I was I was just saying like if if they could have written it better. Oh, it's not that Troy's character is so flawed that you can't write uh, compelling episodes with it. It's just that on TNG they're so committed to all of these characters uh, getting along so well that there's never any ruffles in 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 the equation. Well, ruffles have ridges, as you know. I do know, which just makes it boring. Um, all these deep space well, nine I think, episodes. I think they've I gotten somewhat better about it. I don't by know. this point, uh, look, not everyone needs to be fighting all the time. It's not that they're fighting because that's on Deep Space Nine. They don't fight all the time. I actually, I have a show recommendation for you. <laughs> what is it? Degrassi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you love it. Uh, I heard it's got Drake Bell, and I do really <laughs> like him. <laughs> Wait, does it? Oh, yeah, he plays that Definitely. guy in the wheelchair. No, no, he doesn't. What are you talking about? Yeah, come on. Who? Is Someone that? was in Degrassi, though. Yeah, Drake Bell. It wasn't Drake Bell. Oh, oh, you're being an asshole. It was... <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, let's get this over with, huh? Uh, do it like a Band-Aid. Right off. All right, and that's uh, that's our episode of the Ready Room. Yeah, uh, join us next time. Want to <laughs> give a shout out to our sponsors. So we start off um, with in with Troy therapy, right? in therapy with with um, a woman who's lost her husband, and that you know they have this conversation. You know this this woman has uh, been putting her like emotional release on the back burner and been focusing on work to try to distract herself from. The reality that her husband is dead, um, and and we're entering this uh, discussion at the point where she's realized she's done that. She's upset that um, she got rid of all of her husband's belongings, and then Troy mysteriously has a box. Right now, that, uh, a lot a lot of fans ask what was in the box that Troy gave her patient, mm-hmm. and that's a it's a question that I think betrays a fundamental lack of understanding of television and. And writing, like nothing was in the box, obviously, but anything in it. Right. 
And right. It's just you want to know what's in the box. The 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 thing that was in the box was a freedom from fandom minutia and bullshit. None of this. <laughs> none of this matters. No, and it never mattered. Never mattered. Uh, what was in the box? Uh, was actually a uh, just a slip of paper. You know what was on it? What was on it? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Which was strange. It does not matter. They, it, it, the entire lyrics to "It Doesn't Matter" were written out like seven years before that song was written. I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's it's one of, one of those unsolved mysteries. Uh, this. I think, there, I think there was a fact or fiction episode about it. Uh, right. Right. This one's true. It really happened. <laughs> John, now, you'll have to jog my memory here. Okay. I was kind of relying on you to jog my memory. Uh, well, just just a little bit. Just a little nudge. So, um, Troy, Picard, Riker, Worf, Geordi, Data. Oh, yes. Okay. Yep. Yeah, that's all the characters. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, so the Enterprise, I guess, I, I really can't remember what what happens here. Oh, like they Troy, enter like, like an area of space, and Troy gets a headache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Troy gets a headache, and um, she says, "Ouchies, my head." Yeah, basically. And then we get we go to the opening, the intro, and we come back, and she calls Crusher, and Crusher says, "Well, lots of people have headaches, so I have to go help them. So go lay down, and I'll I'll get to you." Uh, yeah. Which proves to be a fatal mistake. Well, Crusher says, "Yeah, I'm sure you got a real headache," and then rolls her eyes very, very <laughs> obviously. <laughs> Go take these antibiotics and sit down. Um. So by the time Crusher gets there, her headache has gone away, and she's like, "I want to, I want to do a full scan on you," but, but unfortunately, there's bigger problems to solve, and they get called to the meeting room. Right, where it turns out something is happening. Yeah, they've uh, they uh, they're being the you know, the Enterprise is like being pulled along by some force or something. I'm not sure if this episode was so boring. I didn't pay attention enough to know if this was like going to destroy the Enterprise or not. I had the same but experience of just kind of they're very nonchalant about it. Yeah. And there's, Usually there's like a red alert or something. Isn't this where there's a nice shot of Troy just kind of looking clueless, looking around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, well, yeah, this this is the point where uh, they ask her, you know, can you can you sense the emotions of uh, a potential life form that might be doing this? Um, and she says, she says, oh, I feel nothing. And they're like, well, that's okay. You you usually suck at your job anyway. <laughs> Um, but then she she says she says no she's like looking around she's like um, she's like I can't feel anything in this room either uh, and this is a famous line that that we we all uh, would quote to each other um, after the fact she says you're all blank to me uh, and and the reason this is funny is that the writers threw this line in as sort of an ad lib like a match game Marina scenario would, right yeah she, they were hoping Marina would just improvise um, but instead she chose to read it verbatim. Um, and you know I'm no Betazoid, but uh, I think she might be a moron. Marina Sirtis? Oh yes. No, Marina. No, 
Now, I usually go down by the marina to have a cocktail, a shrimp cocktail. <laughs> but never like this. Do you think that's what she's named after? Um, I think she's named after Sirtis, who was a Sith Lord. <laughs> Darth Sirtis. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is also where we get the um, some nice world building from Data. Uh, she's like, I can't sense anything from these aliens, and Data says, "Well, there's some aliens that you just can't sense, like the Ferengi <laughs> or the Breen, or the Breen." Yeah, right. and this <laughs> right, this right. was the first mention of the Breen, and this was the start of what I affectionately call the Breen period. That the writers went through. I mean, you know, sure. Picasso's Blue Period, right? It's an influential right. time right. of development uh, for our writers. In here, everything was Breen. You just had Breen on the Breen, 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 on the Breen, so that was something that took them years to get out of yeah 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 it, it was it was everywhere it finally popped up in the finale of deep space nine when the brain mm -hmm. made their first on-screen appearance and it was sort of like a release it was like um it was like edging for for years right and the load was huge yeah I, I remember Michael Pillar's knees buckling when he saw that costume. Yeah, he said, wow, they look like large Snoopies. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, Alright, where are we at now? Yeah, so here's something that I found very, very annoying yeah and i can't remember who she's talking to but troy starts freaking out about uh uh she's like you know what i hate how other people change and walk on eggshells around you when they know you're disabled <laughs> and then picard says that's very good honey yeah, like like literally five minutes have passed in like real time no and no one's treated her differently like yeah, yeah they're concerned yeah, people try to express their sympathy because they're worried about her. It's like, oh, Troy, don't worry. We'll get through this together. You have my support. And Troy says, fuck off. You would not say that to somebody who was not having any trouble at all. Right, right. But it's, it's also like a false equivalence because her, quote, disability is not being able to read minds. I can see a disabled person saying this when they are actually disabled. Like, you know, like they like their leg doesn't work or something and like they, they have to use a wheelchair to get around. And yeah, maybe people do walk on eggshells around people like that and try to insert themselves um, and help and try to like overcompensate to make them feel normal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, I could see that being a real complaint. There's nothing actually, actually disabled about Troy. No, she just wants you know? to appear disabled. So she can put it in her Twitter bio. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on that note, we actually did get uh a lot of mail from disabled fans accusing us of stealing valor mm. with this episode. Um, 
And the ones who'd lost their telepathic abilities were actually particularly furious with Troy's spontaneous recovery at the end. It was not which, true to life. No, no, it just doesn't happen. Uh, but, you know, since she only gets one episode every two years, we only let Marina see the, the positive letters, so... I wish we you stuck know, we, with... We didn't want to break her. I wish we stuck with the first version of the script. And really this season, mm-hmm. where this is like a several season long arc where every few episodes we would just cut to Troy crying in her room because she's still mm-hmm. disabled. Yeah, yeah. Well that that was that was an option too, just a way to kind of keep her on the show without giving her too much to do. Always a fine balance to strike in television. How do you string along the women without letting them ruin your show? Right. Absolutely. Um So what happened next? Because this episode is uh, always going to run together. Troy's just being a bitch to people. Yeah, yeah. Well, then, then Troy goes and talks to Crusher again. And Crusher's like... Crusher tells her she's wrong and she like has a mental breakdown or something. Yes. Is, is, this, is she the one that says you're wrong? Yeah. Yeah. I think... Or, I don't, some, no, you know what? No, who says it? Who, who tells her she's wrong? Riker? I don't know. What, whoever, yeah, maybe, maybe it wasn't. I don't think it was Crusher. Whoever it was, though, I know Gates, the actress, not the, not the freestanding structure that prevents people from entering <laughs> something. Um, I know that she took her script and cut out the line "You're absolutely wrong, Deanna," and kind of had that framed and hanging in her house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's still hanging there to this day. Unlike her son, who was only hanging for a few hours before they found him. Mm-hmm. But it's nice to dunk on the character that everybody hates, you know? It is. It is. Um, so, yeah, yeah. I guess it was Crusher then, huh? Yeah. You're absolutely wrong, Diana. You're abs- No, Diana. Diana was, D- that, sorry, was, Diana. The, was that princess. Yeah. The one who's also dead. Right. Now, did you know that they made a commemorative <clears throat> Beanie Baby for... Uh, yes, I do. It was a bear. Yeah. And they said, wow, this, I actually have it. this princess died. I want to celebrate this by making up the stuffed bear. <laughs> I was I was really into Beanie Babies back in the day. Yeah. I, mean, I had you, a ton of them. Aren't you just a little Beanie Baby? <laughs> oh, I'm a little Beanie Baby. <laughs> I liked Meanie Babies. They were a little edgier. <laughs> Garbage pail kids. Garbage Pail Kids were a little too gross. What, do you disagree with that? No, I'm just... I don't really care about Garbage Pail Kids. Uh, well, then why'd you bring it up? You kind I of don't know. Set- I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> they, they are really ugly, though. I mean, Cabbage Patch Kids were, too. They're very. I, I don't. I don't understand how kids were like into them. You know. Oh, well, they had like collectible cards. I think. Yeah. Well, that's something a kids like. Kids like cards. They like collecting. Kids do like. They like cards, but. Uh, I would imagine. I think. I think. Didn't they have a cartoon too? Yes, they had a movie. Ew. Oh, the cartoon was fine, but the movie zoo. No, they're both disgusting. Yeah, that's true. I have vivid memories of watching a Care Bears movie. 
Is this what you think passes for engaging podcast content? <laughs> yeah, yes. Wait, you don't want to talk about the Care Bears? Not particularly. You you might say I don't care about the bears. Mm-hmm. Mm, I'm a I'm a don't care bear. Yeah, this episode is really doing a number on us. I don't think either of us actually watched it. No, we did. We did. Look, uh, uh, Troy tries to resign. Yes, she says, Captain, I can't do my job. And then Picard says, plenty of counselors don't have mind reading superpowers. And she says, and she freaks out. Yes, yeah, Captain, you shut the fuck up right now. <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Uh, no fish, by the way. Oh, Troy, my instructor at the academy used a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> When I was a boy, my disabled wheelchair academy instructor always loved the stars. When I was a boy, I too couldn't read minds. But she's she's not taking no for an answer here. Uh, which I guess is another frustrating part of this because she's talked to like four people at this point, mm-hmm. and they've all been very level-headed and reasonable, and she just screams at them. Yeah, it's, you're not really sympathizing much with the main character, which is a really nice part of this story. <laughs> um, she She's had a few scenes with Riker at this point, and she's very, like, uh, standoffish with him. She's like, I don't need your help. But uh, eventually he goes, he goes there, and she fake cries into his chest. You don't think the tears were real? No, uh, and the crying certainly didn't sound real. Yeah, it's like <laughs> she didn't have ugly ass snot running down her face, so it's not real right. crying. Her makeup wasn't running. Right, you better go catch it. Well, it wasn't running. Oh, <laughs> yeah, mm. I guess you don't have to do anything. <laughs> I guess you're good. I guess you can just stay there. Makeup. Now kiss and, uh... and makeup. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they go together, kiss and make up. Right. That's uh, that's what they founded their whole act on. Yeah. Each member had different makeup. Um, Riker, Riker uh, kind of slaps her around a little bit, verbally. Yeah, glad you qualified that one. <laughs> kind of slaps her around for a bit. Five second pause, verbally. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which I guess is probably the the only satisfying part of this episode. Seeing uh, he's basically just like shut up, an uppity woman get her comeuppance. Yeah, she should be getting my comeuppance. Mm, she should be getting my comeuppance. Hmm. <laughs> now you will feast on my comeuppance. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I want uh, Counselor he, Troy he to drink to think my comeuppance. Uh, 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 Counselor Troy. <laughs> I'm so close. Tell me you can't sense anything. <laughs> <laughs> Can you sense this? <laughs> Alright. Um, so she talks to Guinan? And, mm-hmm. and Guinan is 
perhaps written as the most authentic character I've ever seen of a of a black woman who does not care about a white woman's bullshit. <laughs> them rings, them rings. <laughs> I don't know. Like Guinan, this is one of the rare Guinan appearances that does not do it for me. Well, no, because it's just it's a stupid scene. Yeah. So they go. Yo, she tr- has to make Troy, Troy realize. You gotta get that... your groove back. Yeah, yeah. Come on, sister. Uh, and it's like Troy. Troy immediately. Well, first of all, Troy knows what she's trying to do, and Troy has to explain it to the audience. Yeah, you're just trying to make me feel better. Well, do you feel better? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You you're trying to let me know that there are more uh, that 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 human intuition can solve problems, but it's not that simple or something like that. I don't know. This is where guy is like, I'm not human. I'm a weird space elder. Yeah, but we're not going to touch on that ever again. No. Wait until Except- wait <laughs> wait until we meet Mark Twain. <laughs> wait until we meet Chef Marcel Toyne. <laughs> that's what should have happened um when they go back in picard and there's like a really really old fat Whoopi goldberg talking to really really old patrick stewart mm. be like you remember that time we hung out with mark twain <laughs> <laughs> i've always loved mark twain his sense of adventure <laughs> Don't we all aspire to that? Yeah, it was a stupid scene. Um, stupid episode. We we cut to Picard, um, and I do have to note he's uh, Picard's crystal makes a conspicuous appearance here. Right, right. Um, Very intentional. And yes, yeah. Uh, ensigns wouldn't know this because they're not really in the industry. But this this was placed strategically to uh, preemptively confuse and distract TNG rewatch podcasts like, like ourselves. Uh, luckily, you know, we were on the inside. Uh, we knew exactly what kind of technology we were developing. You know, we were always on the cutting edge of media. Have you, you ever, so, you ever listened to um, crystal watch? No, I know it's popular though. Yeah. It's, it's our main competitor right now. I was well, listening to them to scope out the competition, mm-hmm. and I was very surprised to find that each episode is roughly seven seconds long. <laughs> I turn it on, and they're like, let's say if it's the Lost, they'd say there is a crystal in this episode, and then right the next would be data. There is no crystal in this episode. And, um, I admired, you know, they say that brevity is the soul of wit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't really know what that means, but I do know that these episodes were not very long, and they're not very witty. No, despite despite being brief, and there's no soul uh, singing either. Well, you know, um, all you have to do to 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 see the effects of this episode on on the wider fandom is listen to the orb. Um, by the time they got to this episode. All they could do was repeat the crystal, the crystal, the crystal, uh, and it, you know it, it ultimately led to the downfall of their uh, their entire media empire. Yeah, they got mind broken. 
Yeah. Astounding content, though. I do like the orb. Um, I, I think about them a lot. Ponder them, if you will. Mm-hmm. When you're in the bath. I take long baths specifically to facilitate listening to the orb. <laughs> and I, you're always outside pounding on the door. It's like, oh, let me... It's my turn to take a bath, and then I say... And listen to the orb. <laughs> we haven't gotten to the first break yet. <laughs> it, it was a very good idea to have the orb station installed in our bath. Yeah, yeah. It's, an, uh, it's I don't know. I don't know what I'd do without it. It's an iPod shuffle that's constantly updated with... Uh, <laughs> new orb episodes it's it's really nice listening to a podcast on shuffle i feel yeah it, it's tarantino-esque <laughs> yeah, steve jobs was the pioneer of non-linear storytelling you know the host will say like oh remember that thing we were talking about yesterday and then and then you get to that thing in like five months it's it really activates your neurons it's challenging yeah keeps you young yeah, I like being young. And I hate being old. <laughs> Despite your Benjamin Button condition. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's that's how I experience both at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, my, my mind will be forever young. <laughs> you ever hear that song when you were young? Bye. Felicia. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Bye, Felicia. <laughs> Bye, Felicia. Mm. Um, so they solved the problem. I <laughs> like, what is... So what is okay, so let's, let's actually go over... And so, uh, Troy talks to Picard again, and Picard says, look... I don't care about your bullshit woman problem. You gotta do your fucking job. Go yeah. talk to Data or something. I don't know. So right. she goes to talk to Data. And out of nowhere, she's like, Data, what if they're acting on instinct? And Data says, well, yeah. then I could charge a tachyon pulse. And they will feast on that. And the momentum will... <laughs> they will feast on <laughs> And it's like, we're supposed to believe... This episode's obviously set up for us to believe that... Um, Marina's experience, um, uh, I'm sorry, I just got, I just got a message <laughs> that was really funny. Um, we're supposed to believe that Marina's experience in coming to terms with her disability will lead her to, first of all, think maybe they're acting on instinct, which is supposed to be some kind of revelation. But she also says, we need to think in two dimensions. <laughs> which is just a complete non sequitur. <laughs> uh and the the idea that um the greatest minds on the ship couldn't think of any of this all right so how about is, this is, it's a farce the very last episode of tng features a test by the q where picard has to think in four dimensions to mm. um solve a problem and show humanity's development mm -hmm. and he does and whatever the stories are solved this episode shows how 
difficult it is for our main characters to think in two dimensions, let alone three. Mm. And uh, it might be a regression rather than anything else. It might be. It might be. No, you know, I see. I see how it could be difficult to sort of reframe your thinking in a two-dimensional space. That that makes sense. But t- for Data to be getting lectures from Troy on this like weird like metaphysical fucking concept it's just it's bizarre and stupid she has no business like this this subplot has no business being in this episode no it doesn't it could it it's compelling enough to carry an episode if uh, you give it seriously it is and we haven't really gotten one of these kinds of episodes recently where you like you the the enterprise runs into a a life form with no real discernible uh the humanoid characteristics or whatever and they're very hard to understand and communicate with and that kind of thing you um see the the data Riker moment here oh yeah where they kiss yeah yeah they, that was awesome <laughs> no where uh, data is calculating the the eta of something and he says it to the hour and Riker kind of gives him guff and Data says, yeah, well, I fucking noticed that you hated it every time I calculated to the second, so... Yeah, that was good. That was good. Riker just is an asshole, as it turns out. Lieutenant. Well, I mean, now at this point, we can stop doing that joke, I guess. This is... If, if they didn't write this, fans would say, why don't they do that joke anymore? Right. Right. But, you know, I'm sure they'll keep doing it, too. Oh, you know. Uh, a good bit never dies. Like tomorrow. Uh, like another day. Mm. So they solve the problem. <laughs> <laughs> that is how it's presented. They just solve the problem. They they deflect the the tachyons off the dish. That's the string. This string. And the the little guys they want to go eat the string, and sure. their shift in momentum lets the Enterprise propel itself out. And uh, Troy has has a, a moment of euphoria, and she says they are right where they want to be. Yeah, what was the explanation that all of their little emotions overwhelmed her? And then some, I don't think it's somebody says uh, like a short circuit. Is that what happened? Yeah. I thought it was like just some kind of electrical inferference or something. No, no, no. That's that's your fan fiction. I oh. guess I'll save that for uh, two episodes from now. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, what if the, the crew of Voyager encountered electrical inferences in the Delta Quadrant? <laughs> <laughs> electrical inferences. It's uh so the 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 solution to the story is so underwhelming because it's all supposed to be a, a character thing about Troy and her dealing with these difficulties, but that's also very uninteresting, so Yeah. There's nothing in the episode, it's just vapid. It's a vapid episode. Well well Troy doesn't really learn anything really either, because she spends most of the episode freaking out and crying, hysteric. Right. Ostensibly, um, it's she should be learning that she can solve problems, be a counselor without her powers. Yeah, but, like gradually. Right, but that's that's never touched on again 
it's not even really highlighted at the end of the episode that she has no. grown and doesn't have to rely on her powers. It's more just, oh, I kind of got lucky, and I hope that never happens again. Yeah, 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 totally. And it's it's paced in such a way that uh, she she has a quick moment of revelation, goes and uh, recites some platitudes to Data, and they save the day. And it's just like, okay, well, not satisfying at all. But yeah, you're right. There is that note, that tone of like, well, I hope that doesn't happen again. And at that point, you've learned nothing. In their defense, I also hope this episode never happens again. Yeah, I hope I never have to watch it again. Wait until we do the second run-through of the show. Tell the same stories. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Uh, Just recreate every episode uh, verbatim. I will... It's an acting exercise. I, I will say this episode is among the closest that the readier room has ever felt like work. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Well, we've gotten a few of those uh, in the past couple weeks, actually, where, you know, we're just sitting here dreading talking about this show. Yeah, that's why um, I'm I'm constantly thinking about Deep Space Nine. Right, right, right. Um, anyway, let's, 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 let's wrap up the, the plot summary here. She, uh, apologizes to everyone or whatever. I'm um, sorry. I was such a bitch. I was a cunt. She sits down with Riker and they're, they're ma- they're making up. Um, and she says, now this is a weird one. Cause, cause this is how the episodes end. She says, by the way, the next time you call me aristocratic and then it ends. Oh, yeah. What's going to happen? <laughs> I assume she's going to um, use the guillotine? I don't know. Hmm. What do aristocrats do? I don't I don't like the way this ended on, on such a vague note. By the way, the oh. next time you call me aristocratic... I'm going to turn into a Chinese caricature and play the piano with chopsticks. <laughs> Did he call her aristocratic? Yeah. Oh, God. You really weren't paying attention, huh? I was so involved in remembering the stories that happened on set. <laughs> you were so involved in, in crafting backstories for every character that was on screen. Yes, I uh, I needed to know what Riker ate for Elevensies. <laughs> um yeah, this really bothers me just because I even tried to look it up on Memory Alpha, what what would happen if he called her aristocratic, and they don't even have the information. Uh, it's just a fan fiction prompt, you know. It's like, oh, you guys like your fan fiction, just write about this. The day Riker called Troy aristocratic. Riker <laughs> was sitting in his chair on the bridge when Troy came in looking particularly aristocratic that day and Riker said <laughs> counselor you look aristocratic and then Troy said oh I told you <laughs> uh, that's a good open AI prompt let's <laughs> put that in our back pocket hell yeah um, I do want to note before we close out this is the uh, official beginning of the Troy gets her period subseries yeah. Uh, this is the second episode. Um, if you watch them all in order, you can decode the secret message. So uh, once we get through all this, uh, Ensigns, you might want to take each episode and, and watch them through, and um, you, you get a special surprise. Send in your answer to the readyroom at gmail.com. Yeah, yeah, we'll send you a, a pregnant Troy t-shirt.
It's uh, it's Troy holding her belly whilst visibly pregnant, and just says, "I feel nothing." <laughs> or maybe maybe we can make a, a Troy menstruating shirt. Oh, that's good. Just um, Troy kind of <laughs> standing, Troy free bleeding. She's she's <laughs> she's doing the power <laughs> stance, and below her is like a uh, an Enterprise drawn in red. Yeah, <laughs> we gotta get those little drips of blood com- coming down too. Counselor, hardly know her. Mmm, mmm, wow. Not bad, right? Not bad at all. Uh, well, we gotta saucer sep this. Oh. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go particularly low and say 1.5. I was gonna say the same exact thing. Very nice. It's bad. It is horrific, almost irredeemable. In fact, I think it is irredeemable. Yeah, I can't. Without fundamentally rewriting the show, I can't imagine a better version of this script. Um, no. When when you decide that it has to be centered on Troy, in this way. Yeah, sure. I mean, there's things that we could have done with Troy, but also the B-plot is in the way of that, and the Troy stuff is in the way of the B-plot. There's no way they could have ever connected. And if they were going to do this, they might as well have just not connected them. But what are you going to do? All right, you got some trivia for me? Uh, Not really trivia per se, but I did find this no- novel. Um, just because nothing really happened in this episode, there's really not a lot of trivia to to work with. Okay. Um, but I was I was looking around at novels and I found this one called Imzadi. Okay, so that's that's the word that he says to her. Yeah. Um. And uh, I guess I guess it's a novel where Troy dies and Riker has to jump through time to save her. <laughs> okay. Um. And and there's an alternate future and I guess I guess what I can do is ask you. Um, <clears throat> what roles a couple of the the main characters have in this alternate future? You know, like what's what's their title? What what do they do? Okay, okay. Uh, uh, which I think might be fun. I'm gonna go on a limb and say. Well, no, I'll I'll t- I'll tell you the characters. Okay, okay. I'll I'll present you three characters, and you can tell me what their what their title is and and where they're stationed. Okay. Um. I'll start with with an easy one. Let's go with Riker. What's his title? It's either Captain or Admiral. Uh, Captain. Mm. Not Captain. It's Admiral. Fuck you. Fuck everything. Fuck. <laughs> well, he's he's old uh, in this. He's he's like I should have said this. He's like graying. Okay. Okay. Uh, I should I should have described this to you. Um, but yeah, he's 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 a he's a an admiral stationed at Star Starbase eighty six. That's a good Starbase. Um, is it? You like it there? Yeah. Have you been to the casino? It's scenic. Uh, and we have Data. Data is a captain. Now this is this is going to be tricky. Oh, oh. Above, above captain. Admiral. Not admiral. What what are the ranks? Are there general? Ambassador? No. It's got to be naval. It starts with a C. Co-cap, no. Um, it's also the name of a computer, an old computer. Oh, Commodore. Commodore, yes. 
and he is commanding the the Enterprise. Enterprise dash F. Oh my god! Am I right? Yes, you're right. Hell good yeah! Job. Hell yeah! Very good. Very good. Um, and then we have this might be the hardest one of all, Wesley. Oh lord! He is. What's his title? I don't want to say captain because every time I have, I've been wrong. Um, well, um, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, chief engineer. Now he's captain. Fuck everything. Um, Fuck. This. But he is captain of the USS. Um, this is tough. I think we've y- we've heard this name a lot. No, no, it's that that one got destroyed. Well, we, you know, uh, we've brought this name up before. Defiant. Not the Defiant. Um, Horatio. Oh. All right, I'm, I'm getting colder. What What is it? The USS Hood. Oh, you're right. You're right. Uh, why he's the captain of the USS Hood and not a traveler, I don't know. Was this written after the end of the show? Uh, it came out in 92. So that's very, very before the end of it. So he was not a traveler at that point. Yeah. Anything else? But Data Data also has like a gray streak in his hair. He actually... For some reason. He has one in the <laughs> finale of TNG as well. And they... Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, and there's a line of dialogue where his, his wife is like, tell him to take that stupid gray streak out of his fucking hair. <laughs> And Data's like, oh, you know, it makes me relatable to the students. <laughs> I mean, Data doesn't um, sound old. I don't know why I did a vaguely old man voice. <laughs> it, it, would be, it would be funny if he took on that affect. That would be funny. I mean, he's taking on the gray streak intentionally. Why not? Yeah, it's like, Captain, I noticed that as humans age, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> they talk like this. They talk like they're in an episode of Captain Picard, a Star Trek story. Uh, yeah, that's it. The, the, those are the only, the only characters I could find on like short notice. Oh, also Luxana dies. Hell Luxana yeah. dies. Hell yeah. Uh, so that, that's that's a, a nice, um, nice little treat. Possibly the Unfortunately, best outcome that could have happened. Yeah. I guess this is in the future, though, so it doesn't really impact Deep Space Nine. Yeah, so I don't care about it. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't relate to Deep Space Nine. It sucks. Deep Space Nine is the Apex Trek, and I'm excited to tell the Voyager guy as much. The Apex Trekiter. Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, <laughs> that's going to do it for another um, funny episode of the Ready Room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, quick shout out to our sponsors, Denny's and Pep Boys, home of the 15-minute oil change and the Grand Slam Moons Over My Hammy, irrespectively. Um, if you say the word readier at either of these fine establishments, you'll get 15% off of your order and or service. And, uh, you know, quick shout out to our Teespring. Pregnant Troy t-shirts have never been a hotter item. 
and uh, mm. they've never really gotten me hotter or more bothered than they do right now. So if you want to live out some kind of um, M-Preg fatherly scenario, then uh, I implore you to delve into the depths of our teespring, and who knows what might spring up in, in and of yourself. Until next time, for my co-host, Brandon Hobbs, this is Mitch Mel's wishing you and yours a fantastic stay ready. The troublesome little man child. I stand before you defrocked, condemned to be a member of this lowest of species. Thank you, Anson. Engage. inside the bottle bottle.